Wrestling should be fun. Should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. Should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. Okay. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Wrestling Should Be Fun, episode number 49. And we've got a brilliant cracker for you this week because we've got the WrestleMania review after the Wheatamania preview last week. And we've only gone and brought in the man that you would know from such podcast episodes as Shop Mastermind Heat 2. It's Mitch Freely. How you doing, Mitch? How's it going? Yeah, all good, Ross. All good. Had a busy couple of days listening, uh, watching the big one, night one, night two mania. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to breaking it down here with the lads and uh, what we'll be talking about. Lovely little DX reference there. Well, exactly. Always DX. Talking about them later. <laughs> and we've also got, for the first time in seemingly months, a sober JCH. How you doing, Jay? <laughs> yeah, it's, I think it is the first time since November that I've been sober. So, um, <laughs> thought yeah, I'd, yeah, make an appearance on the podcast, and uh, I might be more boring. Who knows? <laughs> we'll get into it. Um, but just from my side, a big round of applause for your Instagram story, for, uh, GCW mate. You did a cracking job. Oh, awesome. Yeah, glad people enjoyed it. It was uh, fun fun to be there. If, uh, it was an experience. So, one, yeah, we'll talk about it later. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and last but not least, we've got Boren Woods, favourite son, con man, Matt Connolly. How you doing, Matt? I'm all right. Um, being associated with Boren Wood again, it's a love-hate affair. But, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, full of cold. So if I sound like rubbish, I apologise in advance. But the wrestling was good. So happy to talk about that in a bit. Fantastic. Shall we crack on with the call-up sheet? Mitch, you probably heard this for the first time during Wheaters one, and you've probably heard that, you know, sometimes he had he had an idea and other times he just went, wanker, innit? So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hmm. So let's see how this goes. Uh, he, he was brilliant, by the way. We, I, I only got to listen to it on Friday when I was on the plane. A combination of like really good takes that I agreed with uh, and that Dom hated. And <laughs> uh, and just, yeah, really funny and uh, enthusiastic. I really enjoyed him. Yeah, I think my favourite part was his cane quotes. <laughs> I, I like the fact that like he just knows what he is. Do you know what I mean? He's a professional footballer. Loves the graps and like it's just like yeah, it's what I do. It's what I'm into. I've got little figures. I play with them. My wife films me. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> Big up, David Wheater. Um, thanks again for coming on. If you're listening, okay. So first up, we've got this is going to be a pretty blank canvas here. We've simply got Stuart Begley from Leeds. Oh, something to do with beds. <laughs> B E G so Begley. Begley. So uh, I'm seeing some sort of a uh, beggar gimmick. <laughs> the beggar Stuart Begley. So he sort of comes down to the ring, cap in hand. Yeah. Almost yeah. like Oliver Twist. Please, sir. I want some more. What? He's getting punched in the face and he's like, please, Roman, can I have some more? What? 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 Love it. So he's basically <laughs> the decon Debon Dudley, right? Yeah, a bit like that. But he's begging to get more abuse. <laughs> okay, that sounds strange. <laughs> but yeah, I think a beggar gimmick would work. Rags for clothes, that kind of vibe. 
Yeah. He's also from Leeds, so so maybe he's, he's uh, friends with uh, Fronty. <laughs> he could be, which is a niche <laughs> reference that not anyone on this podcast will know about Ross. So <laughs> uh, Next up, we've got Sarah Golding, who's a beautiful soul who's had tragedy, but has always fought back and risen up. No DMs unless we have been talking for a while from Birmingham. Tragedy struck out to me. I thought of some kind of... Is it ABBA? Tragedy? I, I don't know why. That's steps, isn't it? Oh, sorry. <laughs> I don't... We'll do it with my music. Tragedy. <laughs> I think they covered it. Oh, BJ's, BJ's, isn't it? Not not that one. The other one. one. Um, Yeah, so Sarah Golding, newest member of Steps. Basically. (laughs) And I'm pretty sure Steps did the tragedy video in a gold outfit. Nice. Okay, perfect. Full circle here. Where's Gold has a dance routine, so maybe she could be part of Stardom. (laughs) Yeah. Next up, let's have a look. We've got Joey Ulfarstein, who has got a brilliant... um, Username of Samoan Godzilla One. She's married. She's a gamer. Uh, she steams on Twitch, and she's or he, sorry, he's calling himself uh, Joey Steen. So I'm assuming that he's a Kevin Steen fan, and he's also got a background of Samoa Joe's debut on Ring of Honor. His original debut or his new debut? The new one. Updated. Yeah. He's a Samoa Joe mark. So you got you gotta get some Samoa in there. Samoa Joey. Easy as that. (laughs) (laughs) Could be. Could be. (laughs) Yeah, why not? Samoa Joey is actually quite a good name, isn't it? And 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 he sort of lives in Samoa Joe's uh like trunks, like a like a Joey. (laughs) (laughs) The pouch. (laughs) Pops out the pouch and calls his (laughs) mouth. It's like when a wrestler takes down the straps. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, let's go for the next one. This is someone who really nicely has been on the call-up sheet previously and has said that um, they're being greedy, but they love the podcast. So let's give him some love. It's Nicholas Coldwell, 720. Colders. Colders. If you can see this, call for help or follow me at the following... Xbox Deadly Duo 69 or N Mercy 720. Tick to the top, Nick Coldwell won. Call for help or follow me. Okay. Call for help. Some kind of like secret caller vibe. So you just call him up and then he comes down and onto the ring and just pounds you with um, all of his social media. And his finisher could be the withheld number. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great finisher. Oh, yeah. Yeah, imagine that's a gimmick. He's just ringing people up trying to earn who don't want him to the call. <laughs> like a sort of, yeah, with a withheld number. That's the best finisher. Yeah, I haven't got much more. And that in commentary would sound amazing. <laughs> it's a withheld number, God damn it. <laughs> and like backstage promos and stuff, people would get a phone call and then they'd look at the phone and withheld number and they'd be like. <gasps> yeah, and, and that's basically his way of calling you out for a match. <laughs> And last but not least, let's go back to an old friend of the podcast. Dave Mercy from Bristol wants a shout out. Former owner of Chaos Pro Wrestling. 
so yeah dave no mercy 64 bonkers it's gotta be well i mean losing the second name isn't it really gotta go with mercy some kind of rip off cane lookalike he's called mercy Bristolian, he's Bristolian, isn't he? So maybe he's fueled on cider yeah. and a love of uh, drum and bass music. So I'm getting more of a, a sort of dude love. So you're like, but he's from Bristol. Like, oh, have mercy. <laughs> <laughs> That's mental. I was just thinking that. Um, so uh, Chaos Pro Wrestling were, were quite well known for having some mad characters, and including. A uh, monkey that was called Bananas that was in full monkey suit. I was thinking that you know just just bring on someone who's been missing lately from the Bristol scene, and that's Scrumpy the Robin. <laughs> Scrumpy the Robin, <laughs> get him out. Yeah, yeah, he's he's had some troubles times down the years, Scrumpy. But yeah, why not? So yeah, that was the call up sheet this week. Uh, thanks everyone for asking for their new character. We hope that we made you laugh in some kind of way. We'll hit you up with a DM and let you know that you've had your shout-out later in the week when the podcast is released. Next up, we've got an extended What the Nerds Are Watching, where we're going to talk WrestleMania weekend. I've been watching you a la 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 long a la 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 long 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 come on a la 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 long a la 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 long 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 Okay, so I was thinking that we could do this chronologically. James, did you want to kick us off with your GCW US trip? Yeah, cool. So, yeah, I flew in, I went to visit some friends in Boston, flew down to Dallas, specifically for Bloodsport. And then we went we went to Spring Break Part 1 and Planet Death uh, <laughs> afterwards. Um, but I had, like, front row seats because I didn't get them. My friends, Mike and Sal, who were on a few couple of months ago, they booked the uh, tickets. They're very good on the front row. So it's a different experience than what I'm used to for watching wrestling. Bloodsport, I thought, was uh, fantastic. I don't know if anyone else has caught any of it at all. I didn't see any of it, but I spoke to 90s Mike, who watched it online, and he was raving about it. He absolutely loved it. Yeah, it's it's just a really well-paced like show. And like, all the matches, are not they're not too long. They have the match, they get out. There's like usually some kind of quite good either submission or knockout finish. It's obviously a little bit different. There's no ropes. Yeah, I think standout for me was definitely the uh, Biff Busick John Moxley match. That was uh, really enjoyable. Probably my favourite thing of, of the weekend, if I'm honest. Um, Pretty cool that you had front row seats for that match. Yeah, it's great. Um, and like the sounds, like some of the chop sounds being up, right up that close. It's like a bit seeing them in the ballroom sort of thing. You don't tend to see that sort of thing with well we don't tend to see that sort of thing with someone like someone like a Moxley or yeah or a Busick and then um so Suzuki was in there and there was uh this guy uh J.R. Kratos I think his name was he uh, absolutely like his finish on Thatcher he knocked out Thatcher and it was looked absolutely brilliant yeah it's just that sort of quick paced show with um because it's like a knockout or tap out the match can finish at any time which it, it, it's what I imagine like if, if like all UFC fights were actually good <laughs> as opposed to the ones where people just hug and stuff yeah because you've got that sort of you know you're going to get a finish at least and something so yeah, uh, yeah I had a really I really enjoyed really enjoyed it um, without having too much in-ring like Brahmit style analysis uh, and that word <laughs> analysis um, <laughs> and it seems like the show has got kind of deathier and deathier as they went on 
Yeah, so I'd like Spring Break was next, um, which again it was a good fun show. I did see someone on online say it was more like a sort of reg, like, like a regular GCW show than like a sort of attraction based Spring Break things of the past, which I would probably agree with, but I didn't necessarily think that's a, a bad thing. I thought the standout for me, and that was the uh, uh, Blake Christian AR Fox. I've never seen Blake Christian before. They had a really good like wrestling match. What was X Pac like? He was good. Like yeah, he was yeah a bit of like a sort of bit of smoke and mirrors a bit I guess I don't know I, I had a few drinks at this point I remember enjoying him uh, <laughs> he was coming around the crowd high fiving yeah Joey Janela uh, I think uh, shared the Instagram story of me calling him a goober which I thought was quite funny <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah and he gave a nice sort of impassioned speech at the end uh, X Pac um, yeah that was that was good Can fun. I- the, yeah, so Ali Catch and Mickey James was good fun. I thought that was a good match, but yeah, when it did just sort of get like death match city, like Moxley and AJ Gray, that was just death. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The main event, like literally, um, so we had second row tickets for this one, but a lot of people had left. Well, not a lot of people, some people had left like because it was late and like, well, but uh, so Sal and Mikey had moved in front of us into the first row. And there's a, I just watched it back before, there's a section where someone basically does like a suicide tope something or other with a light tube and literally they fall into Sal's lap and then on the chair there's just this pool of blood yeah <laughs> afterwards yeah. there's just blood everywhere and and, and mess and uh, I said like, I'm not a big deathmatch guy I'm not Dom don't dislike him I like, like the odd one but then like Planet Death was just how many different ways can you break a light tube <laughs> and the answer and is one, yeah a lot a lot of different ways <laughs> At one stage, I did literally glass went in my mouth. Yeah, that was that was such an incredible uh, moment on the Instagram story. So, <laughs> so uh, tell the tell the listeners of that story. Well, so we're on the we're back on the front row for the third show, and so we're sort of in the corner by the ring post, and they were doing some light tube spot in the corner. I was like, oh, I'll get some content for the Insta, and it's coming. This light tube smashed, and I just felt a finger, and I in my mouth, and that was in it was in my mouth, like it a piece of glass mouth. in my mouth, and like. I say, Don was fun, hilarious. I think he was awake at this point because it was like probably about seven o'clock in England at this point. I was texting him a bit, and he he found it hysterical that in my first death match show, I'm just getting traumatized at the <laughs> in the front row. Yeah, it's it's definitely something to see. Like, I mean, I'd I'd probably go again. Annoyingly, they stopped serving beer about half twelve, and the show went on to half two, which uh, was a bit oh, annoying. But, but I did um, see your your halftime meal. It looked epic. Oh, that was good. Yeah. Pecan Lodge. <laughs> Texas Best Barbecue 2019. <laughs> uh, still good. Yeah, that was very good. No, I had a lovely time. Um, yeah, met some new people just outside. I say this guy, Lamar, who's a friend of Sal and Mikey's, he actually found, well, he got given Nick, the pizza cutter Nick Gage had cut someone open with that he'd thrown to the crowd. And the bloke who was next to him got it. He said, oh, it's your first show. Have it. And it's got it covered in blood. <laughs> and then he was and he was signed and he and he went and got it signed by Nick Gage after the show. So he had this like pizza car with someone's blood on, signed by Nick Gage. It's quite a cool yeah, memento yeah. or memento to take away. Bit I, worried I, about Nick Gage though, personally. He didn't look in great. Yeah, I he think we should all be worried about Nick Gage. Yeah. Yeah. But, our our friend Greg watched your um Instagram story and was like, I'm not sure that I could be in the same room as those people. That, like oh the humanity <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's the people were just sort of 
they were lo- they were loving. They just wanted the blood and everything, and I was a bit, oh, a bit, yeah, a bit scared. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but overall, in all, had a lovely time. Good stuff. Next up was the Ring of Honor show. Did anyone watch the, the Ring of Honor show? Me and Don watched the first half of it last night before night two. So we watched up until the FT, at the end of the FTR Briscoes, basically. So we just quickly run through, like, just some thoughts on it? Yeah, yeah. So it started with Swerve against Alex Zane. Exactly what you expect from these two guys. All the flips. Nice little story as well. And some moves in particular were kind of wince making. Um, some of the apron spots and what have you. And it was Swerve that um, took the win, which is a bit of a surprise, because I'm pretty sure that Zane was um, number one contender pre-Ring uh, of Honor, like going under, technically. Uh, so I guess it's just like, like hit the reset button. Sorry, Zane, you're out and Swerve's in. Next up was Tully Blanchard and his new wrestler. And it turned out it was Brian Cage, who I put on the Twitter, looked like an absolutely jacked Eddie Edwards. I don't know if you got that vibe, James. I did. I, I saw. I saw it, and I thought, oh, I, I didn't actually realise it was Brian Cage. I thought it was. I did see your tweet. I thought you were just commenting on Eddie Edwards who got jacked. I didn't <laughs> actually even notice it was Brian Cage. That was a squash match, as it should be, and yeah, it's good for Cage because he hasn't really been using AW, and now that Khan owns Ring of Honor, why not make him a big deal in, in Ring of Honor with uh, Teddy Blanchard? And then we had probably the best story of the night with Jay Lethal's eventual heel turn after a. His losing spree on AEW, he turned heel on Moriarty with a low blow. Then he kind of was conflicted about what he'd done, really played that kind of, oh, should I have done that? I feel bad about that. But then Seidel came in with his crutch and was like, hey, man, what are you doing? And then he kicked the crutch from underneath him to double down on the heel turn and be like, yeah, I'm a heel now. And he picked up the win over Moriarty. Um, so he got his first win for a while on TV. And yeah, I love that. I don't know if you saw that match. Yeah, I did. I did see it. I'm a little bit tuned out on Jay Lethal, if I'm honest. So I wasn't massively paying 100% attention to it. Fair enough. Apologies. <laughs> the first three quarters of the match were quite slow paced. And then the last quarter was balls to the wall and it was great. Then next up, we had an interim world championship match, which seems to be a Tony Khan special at the moment. I know it's causing a bit of uh, conversation on Twitter about interim champions I personally think is a bit silly but it is what it is we had Martinez Martinez beating Willow Nightingale um the match was fine the maddest spot was the moonsault from Willow which seemed to absolutely break Mercedes Martinez in two uh, but she carried on and won the match um but yeah I was legitimately worried for a bit there that she'd like punctured a lung what don't you like about the interim title well Diano Perazzo is the champion yeah but like, but in general, as well, like it's fine when there's a genuine thing where like someone's out for six months or something. Yeah, but like there is a genuine champion. Like there's no need for an interim. Yeah, fair. But she was working for Impact, wasn't she? Yeah, she is. But she's still the champion. Just strip of the title if you don't want to use her. Yeah, fair enough. Just don't see the point in it. Next up was the match of the night for me and potentially the whole weekend, FTR against the Briscoes. Did anyone manage to catch this? Yeah, I saw this one. How pumped were the crowd for this? They were loving life, weren't they? Yeah, I thought that the crowd was quite quiet until then, but yeah, they came alive and yeah, I was getting goosebumps watching 
uh, just a tie up at the start. <laughs> Brilliant storytelling, a bit of blood, something that you don't really get in Ring of Honor these days from FTR. They picked up the win in a bit of a surprising fashion. I don't know if you were expecting that, James. Yeah, picked him, mate. I picked everyone who works for AW on that card. Yeah, it turns out that everyone who works for <laughs> AW on this card. I'm not sure what Tony Khan's thoughts are on the Briscoes. Yeah, they're like, like there's obviously the withstanding issues with them that's been talked about. We didn't need to go into it, and it seems yeah. that that's counting against them. Because they picked up the GCW tag titles as well. Yeah, you saw them live, right? Yeah. I saw them getting thrown through a door after four seconds of the match or something. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> well, um, I didn't see that match, Ross. Who worked Babyface? Well, it was weird because um, FTR refused to do the um, Code of Honor at the start, but they were wearing like old school Ring of Honor outfits. Logo, yeah, but, logo trunks, wasn't it? Yeah, they, so... And they, were che- and they were like trying to bring chairs in and stuff because they lost a chair into the ref court at the start. I mean, they sort of... I wouldn't say it was a double turn. I think it was more of a... they. Turned face at the end, didn't it? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, but yeah, it seems similar to, be like, to what they've been doing on Dynamite recently. It seemed to be like they realised whose house they were in, and they were like, "Let's assume that people were going to cheer for the Briscoes," which wasn't entirely the case. It seemed quite fifty to me. But yeah, it was a great match. If you haven't been able to to get hold of it, I recommend it. They absolutely but worked their asses off. Um, there was a spot where Dax got suplexed from in the ring to outside of the ring, uh, which was pretty badass. Yeah. Just brilliant. Probably recommended. But then there's the end. The post. Oh, yes. We saw the Bucks arrive <laughs> and challenge FTR to the uh, match on Wednesday night on Dynamite. It's going to be fantastic. Yeah, because well, after the match, they sort of cemented the face turn with the sort of handshake. They said, oh, it's your ring. They left the Briscoes to have an ovation. And then the Bucks came yeah. in and super kicked him in the face. Yeah, it's quite... Wearing the best... Their best clothes I've seen them wear for a while, the Bucks. They didn't look absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. It's quite interesting, isn't it? Because the way that they turn... Not, well, we're not turn heel, because obviously the Bucks are heel anyway, but the way that they made themselves heel was... Obviously, they were massive stars in Ring of Honor as well, but they kind of downplayed Ring of Honor on the promo, didn't they, by saying, like, we'll wrestle you, but only on a proper show like Dynamite. Basically saying yeah. like, Ring of Honor's Bush League. So, yeah. Quite interesting, because obviously... Tony Khan owns that company. So to kind of go down that route, it's kind of weird, but it is what it is. I enjoyed it. Uh, next up, we had Minoru Suzuki becoming the TV champion, which was a big surprise to me. Um, I'm assuming that he's going to be sticking around in Ring of Honor for a bit and possibly on to Dynamite as well. This match was kind of fine. Reptitus never really came across as believable against Suzuki for me. And the title change happened. Uh, then we had the pure title. Uh, Wheeler Utah picking up the title off Josh Woods, which makes me think that again, AEW roster is going to be sliding into Ring of Honor and the original Ring of Honor um, roster is going to be kind of phased out, I assume, or at least just move down the card on Ring of Honor. But fair play to Utah. I was kind of expecting Regal to be on screen because there was a tweet from TK saying that he was going to be watching the match and I was expecting potentially maybe uh, Regal to offer him a, co- a contract for like the Black Bull Combat Club potentially or something along, along those lines, but that didn't happen, but maybe that will happen in the future. And then... Well, last just of- on that, um, they, every time Moxley came out for GCW, they announced it both times. They announced him as a member of the Blackpool Combat Club. It's so weird, isn't it? It is so <laughs> weird. I love it. Big Tangerines fan. <laughs> <laughs> He's um, going out on the piss with Brett Ormrod. <laughs> 
<laughs> I reckon Omarod could take him. <laughs> <laughs> and last but not least, we had Gresham against Bandido. Bandido had Chavo in his corner. Chavo tried to cheat for him. Bandido was having none of it. So he actually asked the ref to throw Chavo to the back. And then Gresham pinned him uh, fair and square in the middle of the ring in a match that really built to a crescendo. Uh, really enjoyed it. It's a Gresham match. It's weird watching Gresham as a face again, having booed the hell out of him for four <laughs> nights at Progress last week. Um, but yeah, fantastic stuff. And we've got Gresham as the champ, champ, champ. Because <laughs> he holds the original, the new, and now the Progress title as well. So fair play to Gresham. He's had a hell of a week. Wasn't there some post-match from that as well? Uh, oh, yes, there was a bit, wasn't there? Some guy called Samoa Joe debuted. <laughs> <laughs> Never heard of him. <laughs> Samoa, Joe. Samoa Joe or Samoa Joey? <laughs> Come out of his trunks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, Jay Lethal came out, tried to steal the limelight from Gresham with a promo. Sanjay Duck came out to um, stop the shenanigans and then turned heel alongside Jay Lethal only for the return of Samoa Joe into Ring of Honor and therefore AEW. So I think he's debuting on Dynamite this week as well, I think. Was anyone as excited by it as Tony Khan though? Mate, that was that was so good, that, that photo, wasn't it? It's brilliant. <laughs> oh, amazing. Yes, that was, uh, that was Ring of Honor. People were excited about Joe in AEW slash Ring of Honor? I think yes. it worked. I think, you know, like he was so underutilized towards the end of his run in the WWE. And he was on NXT. It just and like, you know, obviously he, he did so well at Ring of Honor, didn't he? So he's he's gonna he's gonna have a point to prove. And I think like with the creativity probably Khan and his team can give him, it does on paper look like a good fit. Just you know, the thing is with AEW now is it's so stacked with talent that you just just put him in Ring of Honor, leave him there, or do you try and get him onto dynamite or push him on it's so tough now for AEW yeah I think, I think um I was going to say the thing that AEW really needed was someone that won the ring of honor belt in the noughties to come <laughs> over and be a big deal so luckily Tony Khan's filled that gap on the <laughs> he must have always completed it now <laughs> he's almost completed it he just needs a, uh, just one more shiny Jamie Noble Xavier <laughs> <laughs> I've been through too much just to live like this. Double on my cup, you can't sip like this. I feel my pocket. Yeah, so then next was NXT. Did anyone watch NXT? If they didn't, I'll I did. Just, I did watch really a bit of it. Did you want to run through it, Matt? I, I mean, I, I more just hot. So do you have any hot takes? We can talk about them, I guess. Rather, we yeah, can do yeah, that yeah, if you want. But um, yeah. I'm trying to uh, remember the card now. But I know that main event was um, a, a bit of a surprise finish for me. Seeing Dolph still as the champion. Surprising. How did you feel about Braun getting booed? Oh, I mean, that crowd seemed to boo all the baby faces, don't they? They're so cool. They're so cool. Um, they're just <laughs> so cool. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, any sort of cookie cutter baby face is never going to get over with the sort of hardcore crowd, is it? And I suppose the NXT crowd, even though it, the products changed, they would still consider themselves hardcore wrestling fans. So when a character is presented to them as the old fashioned eat your vitamins type baby face, they're not going to go for it, are they, unfortunately? Braun Breaker is doing everything right I even you know he's not 100% the best guy in the ring but like he's he does all his power moves fantastically his spear and obviously Ziggler is an amazing salesman his spear looks like it breaks people in half he's yeah he's excellent um 
Poor Dolph took three in that match, I think. Yeah, and they all look phenomenal. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like, I, obviously, I don't know if that means Breaker's going up or if it's a longer chase, but um, I was yeah, surprised so, Ziggler's hanging around for a bit. So my take on that was that he's quite difficult to book because he's so dominant that like he could come across as a bit of a Goldberg character, which I know during the Goldberg actual run, people enjoyed because he was good in terms of doing what he did. And Breaker's even better than that. Like, he is better than Goldberg. But having a dominant guy come in, say that he's going to win, win, it is a bit boring, isn't it? Like, there's no jeopardy to it, yeah. if that makes sense. So for him to lose this match, if it means that he stays in NXT, I think it's way more exciting to have him doing the chase rather than, are we champion again? And I think that that's going to stop him getting booed more. Yeah, no, yeah, I'm totally behind it. Um, I just always think that they're going to just want to put their own guys as the champions, right? But the development territory still has Mandy Rose and Dolph Ziggler on top. So yeah, uh, it's just interesting uh, from the outside looking in, like uh, the way they're booking their championships. But yeah, no no um, problems with Dolph winning. Um, I'm also excited to see if Dolph moves on to another opponent or if he does continue with Breaker, because I'd like to see Dolph wrestle a lot of those newer guys as well. Who would that be? Do you think, because um, obviously... Ziggler's a heel. Yeah. And they need a face to, against him. Well, I would put him against face because I love heels to be faces. Yeah. Who would that be? Because obviously Grimes has now taken the title. Well, that's the obvious one, is it? It's uh, Carmelo, right? But he is a heel out yeah. of now. But I feel like just the energy and the quality of the guy, him and Trick, they could easily work face in a program with Ziggler. Yeah. Like just the, the Trick Williams climbing the ladder was the most entertaining part oh my of that God. ladder match. Um, for those that, that I didn't see it, so Trick Williams is like, what, 6'8", something like that, big lad, and it turns out he's scared of heights. And watching a 6'8 man scared of <laughs> climbing a ladder, his facials were amazing, weren't they, Matt? Yeah, they, they are possibly the best thing in NXT 2.0 in terms of a mixture of all the things. Like, Carmelo is a great character with great motivations, but also he's fantastic in the ring because he kind of tacks onto the old NXT as well. Yeah. And adding Trick to him has just given him so much personality. I'm, I really hope they do push Carmelo up the card, but he would have to turn face, like you say. Yeah. Just on that uh, ladder match, there were some classic kind of tropes of ladder matches that were a little bit of an issue for me, where there's a lot of stalling and kind of like waiting around for like situations to create the mad spots that happen. But once the spots do happen, you like, bloody hell, some of those spots, mate. Unbelievable. Grayson Waller nearly died. That was horrible landing. Yeah, I was pretty certain that he broke his arm doing that. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much fell off a ladder, arm first, onto a, another ladder. There was also a solo Sokoa, was it um, Sunset Flip? That that looked awful, didn't it? Yeah. Ow. Yeah. I like him, though. I like his look. I mean, he looks like, you know, his family. But um, he, yeah. he, he seems a tidy, tidy wrestler. I was also really impressed with... Um, Tommaso Ciampa's match just because Ciampa seemed like he was absolutely adamant that he was going to go in there and have an in-ring moment um, as well as his farewell which was touching and lovely when he was crying in the arms of Triple H I thought that he that he performed brilliantly in that match Ciampa um, Tony did well don't get me wrong but Ciampa ran that match and he was so up for it and the crowd ate it up as well like yeah I just love that guy enough and if it does mean he's going up to the main roster, I've got all the hope in the world that he's going to be a success. Yeah, I um, I can't disagree with any of that. Tony D'Angelo just makes me laugh every time. Like, it's the most out-of-date gimmick. It's amazing. <laughs> and they've added a little friend for him since I've last seen as well. Yeah. 
yeah. a little pal just going, oh, every time a move happens, like, oh, it's, <laughs> it's so 90s. Like, I don't know where Toby Angelo goes, but he cracks me up. I hope he's on every wrestling show. Well, yeah, he's now pretty much ran Champa and Pete Dunne out of NXT, right? So <laughs> they're sleeping with the fishes. Yeah, he's great. More D'Angelo. And we also had the Triple Threat tag match, which following the uh, like kind of heartstrings of the Champa moment, going then straight into a match that was pretty much spot, 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 spot. At the start of it, I was a bit like, I'm not really tuned in, but they massively grabbed me by the end. I, I thought that match was awesome. I absolutely love it. Imperium, they are so good. MSK are great, obviously. And the finish was really cool. I was a little bit upset that the Creed brothers didn't win. I thought that this was their moment. I don't know about you guys. My thing with it was if the Creed brothers were going to have their moment, I thought it would be a one-on-one match. Yeah. So when they added the third team in, I thought, oh, it's not their time yet. But um, I love the Creeds. As I've said before, two big doughy boys just throwing people around is definitely why I watch wrestling. So I all jam. for it. Yeah, all for the Creeds. I hope they get their match down the line with MSK and win the belts. And I don't know about you, mate, but for me... My favourite match of the night was actually the NXT Women's Fatal 4-Way. I thought all four were brilliant in that match. Yeah, it was a good match. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I had a, necessarily a match that stood out enough for me to call it a favourite. But yeah, definitely can see why. I was convinced Cora Jade might get her moment in this match. But um, no, the chase pretty, goes on. I was pretty convinced with that. But but watching it live, I was like, she's just not quite there yet, is she? The other three no. way in front of her in terms of in-ring skills. Yeah, for sure. Mandy Rose just comes across like a champion. I just think that she's got more in that title run. Yeah, Mandy Rose is excellent. And then last but not least on NXT, we had Gunter in a match against LA Knight, which was a clash of styles. Uh, but I thought LA Knight did a decent job here. Yeah, no hot takes, which is a bit weird when talking about a Gunter slash Walker match. But this kind of, for me, was like, yeah, it was a good match. I like LA Knight. I like Gunter. But um, I'm still adapting to new build Gunter. Like, fair play to the guy on the weight loss. But uh, has it made him a slightly less intimidating? I don't know. What struck me with it was that it was the first time that I watched a Gunter match and was like, that felt like a sports entertainment match. And I think that's a good thing for the people that he's wrestling. <laughs> yeah. A lot less um, real pain. <laughs> Yeah, he couldn't be chopping up the whole roster, could he? No. So my final take on NXT was that I thought it was a really good show. And I just love the fact of seeing NXT back in front of a big arena. It just made it feel a lot more important than as much as I hate to say it, because like for green reasons and stuff, I think it's great that they're just in one place for the NXT and not a traveling touring thing. But it does take like when when AEW have these shows in front of eight, nine thousand every week and then NXT are doing it in front of like 400 or whatever it is it just visually it comes across a bit lesser if that makes sense yeah agreed um and overall yeah fun show for me there was no dud matches and uh i enjoyed the work of everyone yeah big thumbs up for me lovely stuff and then we're up to the big stuff the big boy shit it's wrestlemania night one mitch did you want to have a like just like some hot takes on night one. Oof. What was night one? Uh, night one was all right, wasn't it? I, I I really enjoyed kind of the closer. I thought I thought Stone Cold took a few bumps. I was I was pretty shocked by that, to be honest. Yeah, that suplex on on the outside was mad, wasn't it? Yeah, 
heavy stuff. I didn't, I was just, as soon as Austin came down, I just saw his knee brace and thought, God damn his knees. I hope they don't fall off or something like <laughs> <laughs> I was just worried for him. I, and, and also as well, like, and this is true, this, this comes to all of us, age, he looked a little bit older. <laughs> like, we speak, hot take, hot take well, yeah age gets you um so i was a bit like worried about that really and then but then i i thought it was i thought owens was amazing in terms of like just playing the hits and getting that cheap cheap heat yeah it was amazing just trashing texas and and then obviously you know the whole kind of switcheroo going oh i brought you here for a fight and and the kind of slow build of that was really good and then obviously yeah, just we knew what was going to happen, I guess. And Austin just guzzled loads of beer. It was brilliant. Like it was just, <laughs> it was quite a nice, feel good way to close off WrestleMania and that first night. Anyway, the other ones, it's, it's weird, isn't it? You've just watched probably like two of WrestleMania, so a lot of that's in my head. But the first night is kind of just I need some talking points, Ross. Lead us. Okay, so we started off with a bit of a negative note on Boogs. Feel so bad for old Boogs. That was that was pretty horrible. Horrible that wasn't it. Yeah, it didn't look good. I thought I thought it was a work at first, to be honest. But then, like a little bit later on in the show, I think Cole said he's he snapped something in his knee, and I was like, oh, oh. Yeah. injury is horrible. But Turns he's great on that guitar, any boots. Fair play to him. Turns out that trying to pick up two people at once isn't the best idea. But I'll tell you what, um, Pat McAfee got me so hyped up for that match with Nakamura's entrance. When he jumped yeah, off, yeah, that's what I thought. So McAfee on the on the bloody table, loving life, wasn't he? Like, <laughs> poor guy. Do you think that Usos were going to win that anyway, or do you think that was a on the fly call? I had it going the other way, and I got every other pick and right in that in that day. So, oh mate, I'd say that it wasn't going that way. <laughs> <laughs> I think you could argue because they banged out the 3D that maybe it was meant to go that way or unless they just came up with the 3D on the fly because that's kind of their super yeah. finisher now, isn't it? So, but maybe they were going to, I don't know. I had boogs in predictions, so yeah. Thoughts on them calling it the 1D? I think that the 1D sounds so like non-threatening based on the band. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like Styles and Zane. Oh, you could have had a st- oh. That would fit Come as on. well. They should do Come the 1D, tag <laughs> up and do the 1D. <laughs> uh, next up, we had the sword-bearing Drew McIntyre against Happy Corbin. And this is our first little pick that, that uh, David Wheater got right, was uh, the first ever kick out of the end of days. Yeah. I mean, night one for me was, was sort of 50-50. As a, Kevin Durant was having a going off against the Hawks. <laughs> um, so I was sort of flicking between obviously all the yeah, breaks in Wrestlemania that I was watching that I mean on the, the ads so I I saw him like cut down the ring with a sword at some point I think it did, yeah it stood out for me <laughs> yeah it's all about that Wrestlemania was... moments isn't it all about Wrestlemania moments <laughs> oh, it was silly I thought I thought <laughs> that was a in the game and but... fair play to Drew McIntyre who last year hurt his knob on the uh Flip over the ropes this time. Plain sailing. <laughs> <laughs> you live, you learn. <laughs> and next up, we had our first celebrity. It was Logan Paul, who I thought was quite good. He was great. He was by far not the worst wrestler in that match. <laughs> <laughs> like he was brilliant. Um, yeah, he look, look at him. What look what that, that they yeah, we say they can't create stars. Well, they can when they want to. <laughs> um, 
do you think that we're going to see him back and it's going to be some kind of Logan Paul and his brother against Miz and someone? Or do you think that's I mean, that's it? I think you'd get a Miz-Logan Paul match at SummerSlam or something. I just yeah. don't... It was a weird term, wasn't it? Like, is the Miz face? No, I think the Miz is the heel, isn't it? Surely, the, yeah. surely they're not making Logan Paul the face again. Surely. Yeah, but now he's proven himself in the ring. The fans were like, oh... He looks good. I did see something someone put that Dominic Mysterio would come dressed as Cody Rhodes' neck tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. <laughs> Very good. The, also, the heel heat that Logan got for the um, Eddie three suplex and the oh. little shimmy was good, wasn't it? Another one you called, Ross, right? You called that? Called that one. Ding, ding. <laughs> I'm on my own against the wild. And then next up for me was my match of the night, possibly the match of the weekend, Bianca Belair against Becky Lynch. This felt like a WrestleMania match. Obviously, we had a long-term storytelling here, all the way back from SummerSlam. Both of the entrances were really good, I thought, like felt like WrestleMania entrances. and then the Massive entrances. Unbelievable. Right. The choir was so good. The choir, I was a big fan of the choir. Yeah. It's all about the pomp with uh, WrestleMania. And yeah, Bianca brought it and delighted that she picked up the win not only because it meant that one of my predictions were right again um but yeah the match itself i thought was brilliant those two have got fantastic chemistry haven't they yeah it was a really good match that like i don't have any hot takes but I'll, I'll agree with you russ a really good wrestling match a really good story told i think in the preview pod i was probably sounding a little bit down on this one it, it definitely beat my expectations um and my expectations were pretty decent for it but yeah man bianca's the real deal isn't she she's so good and I thought the production of it by whoever produced it, I think it might have been Tyson Kidd who did this one, the start of the match where it looked like um, Bianca was going to fall victim again to Becky's mind games. I thought that was awesome. Yeah. And then next up, we had the return of the prodigal son. Wrestling has more than one royal fan. I actually can't believe he's actually signed. I was absolutely certain that it was a work and he was going to be Ring of Honor head booker or something. But he's in WWE, which is like, I still can't quite believe it's happened. Um, another one that felt like a WrestleMania moment. Both entrances were, were great. We got the... Um... I have a take. I have a take on the entrance. Yeah, go, go. So I've been critical on this podcast before, going against the grain of WWE and specifically their announcers when a moment happens of shouting and telling us what was happening. In this instant, they did it perfectly and said nothing for about three minutes and let Cody's music hit. They let him come out. They let the crowd soak in. Similar to like what AEW did with Punk's return, which we were very, uh, which I was very praising of. So I want to give them their credit for doing it damn right and letting the moment happen and letting it breathe and letting everyone enjoy it without shouting over the top. Very well done to them. They deserve the credit for that. Absolutely. And then the match itself was fantastic, right? I think I went to bed at that point. <laughs> <laughs> They're not going to do any more for me today. I'll watch it tomorrow. <laughs> I've been you up like, for a day by this point. You were like, <laughs> they can't top that production. They can't, no. That was the <laughs> highlight for me. <laughs> we'll say it was um, one of the moments you get in wrestling where like, it's the thing you know is going to happen and yet it still is amazing. You know, a bit like with, maybe not to the same level, you know, of the, of the punk one, but pretty much people would say, yeah, it's going to be Cody, but 
it still felt like a massive deal happening, even though we all pretty much knew it was going to happen. And all the rest, apart from Wild Ash. <laughs> I just, yeah, I mean, yeah, wow. Like it was a real, a real moment, probably the biggest moment that will be replayed, you know, like from this mania, I would say. Yeah. And, and that, that's something I think that people, they can learn from and that you, we don't need to be shocked to enjoy something. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. it's just doing the things that you want to see and that you're expecting to see and just doing them well. And everyone bloody loved it. Yeah. So you don't need to like, oh, we'll, oh, we'll have him, oh, we'll have him lose or whatever, or we'll bring out someone else instead because everyone's expecting it. It doesn't matter if we're expecting it because it's the thing people want. And that was great. Yeah. I also loved, um, did you see Seth Rollins' Twitter the two days previous to it where he was just posting GIFs of potential opponents? He had like Ali, Shane McMahon, even went as far as to just tweet a GIF of Marco Stunt. <laughs> <laughs> excellent work I loved it and my highlight of the um, whole match was the two crossroads into the bionic elbow and that bionic elbow got the biggest pop of the whole match like people just love it don't they yeah it was it was really good it was a nice way to end it off I think I think it was quite emotional him coming back and you know after six years away um, you know there's obviously a lot of American dream references as well throughout the build up to this so yeah it, it was it was a nice moment it, it's going to be interesting to see what WWE do with him now. Where is he going to slot in? Is he just going to continue a few with uh, Rollins or is he going to get up higher up the card? I presume that's probably where he wants to be, right? So it'd be interesting to see what they do with him now. Yeah. Hopefully it's not have four more matches in five weeks with Seth Rollins. <laughs> well, it's quite interesting, isn't it? Because I put this on our Twitter of like, it hurts my heart a little bit that we're not going to get a Triple H Cody feud with like all the stuff that Cody was doing over on AEW with Triple H with the with the sledgehammer and wrecking his throne, but it was obviously a <laughs> Triple H throne, um, all that sort of stuff. Um, it's a bit of a shame, but putting him up against someone that people call kind of Triple H's prodigal son, I guess, um, it kind of makes sense. So maybe Triple H will play a part in that feud at some point. That'd be good. Um, next up, we had a match that I really enjoyed, but it seems like Twitter did, did not. And that was Charlotte Flair and Ronda Rousey. I just thought this was fantastic in terms of it felt like a fight. I love watching R- Rousey wrestle. She comes across different to anyone else on that roster. And she's in there with Charlotte Flair, who I think is fantastic, arguably the best that they've got. And to me, it really worked. But it seemed like the Twitter sphere disagreed with me. Twitter didn't like me. Can you believe it? <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed it. I thought it got going. I think it might have been a slow burn at the start for me. But um, by the end, I was hooked in. And uh, is that Ronda's first loss in, like, pin, her game pin? No, she's now um, one and two at WrestleMania. She got pinned by Becky. Oh, I yeah. she was there. Oh. Ruining wow. it for Mike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know if you guys had any hot takes or just kind of it is what it is. And Rousey, in a similar way to Bron Breaker, I guess people would get tired of her as a face if she just wins the Rumble, wins at Mania, she's the champion. Like, it's a bit of a boring story. Now you've got a bit of a chase again. Well, uh, uh, no, this is another thing I had a take on. And <laughs> as I was talking to Dom about it last night, how come in wrestling, and like, come man, you're, you might back me up here, but <laughs> that, um, you know, in every other sport now, you've got sort of video replay, challenges, VAR. Sometimes in wrestling, the ref will come out and go, well, actually, eat him with a chair, restart the match. Yeah. Just because the ref's like knocked out and she's like tapping out, surely there's some kind of challenge flag, 
VAR refs like there's no consistency. You've just hit the nail on the head. It's the consistency, James. Just awful. They, they're deserving of the booing and the disrespect they get, these bastards, stripy bastards. Yeah. Well, well luckily for you, mate, EC3 is coming out with a new <laughs> promotion that throws <laughs> rules out the window. <laughs> Every week, Tyler gave the rules that he and I decided. Gentlemen, welcome to Fight Club. The first rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. Um, and then we had... The match that we that we've already spoken about, the Steve Austin match. So I guess not too much more to add there. Just beyond, I'll massively uh, be on the side of Mitch here in terms of Kevin Owens. Fuck me, how good was he this weekend? Solid work. I mean, he just he played his role to a T, right? He was obviously a really steady hand for Austin. He carried Austin a little bit around the match. I think we can safe to say that. And yeah, at the end of it all, it just it just worked out perfectly. You know, it was all. Kind of nice little spots when he was on the, um, what's it called? The all-terrain vehicle, the ATV. Yeah. Just the... <laughs> Bits and bobs like that. It was just... Do you know what really... was... Um, like Obviously, it was a brilliant kind of 20 minutes of nostalgia for us all. But some of my favourite parts of that were just where Steve Austin was on that Zamboni and uh, Owens was in the ring and it would cut to him time and time again and he'd just be like eye-rolling or yawning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was, it was great. Also, how many beers did Stevie oh, yeah. through? He was this WrestleMania. He must have gone at least through two crates of beers. Like the he amount he was, off, he yeah. was, he was picking up like two at a time. And he was obviously old school. Steve Weiser everywhere. But it was just mad to see. He, he did that about forty-five times. But <laughs> <laughs> you know what I did? Went to the liquor store. I loaded up with vodka, whiskey. Beer, tequila, more beer, more vodka, more whiskey, and more beer. Because I was going to drink all night long. How good was the Saxton sell? Yeah, very good. Very good. Very good. Amazing. Right at the end, yeah. Not the first time that he's taken one. And and he keeps on falling for it, being like, oh, it is my friend. Yeah, so then we move across to day two. Started off with Triple H leaving his boots in the ring. Thoughts on that, James? Right. Uh, <laughs> literally, in a show that's going on at 1am for about four hours, do I need 15 minutes of this bloke walking around the ring saying thank you and leaving? No. No, I do not. I don't like him anyway. And, like, it's just... Why? But, like... It just it wasn't necessary, in my opinion. Yeah, he's going to get all of fame. They gave The Undertaker two bloody entrances, one each night as well. So when Triple H goes in the Hall of Fame, we're going to get it all over again anyway. <laughs> get off my TV. Well, I'll get off Dom's TV even. But <laughs> I mean, I'm sure we got, I'm surprised we didn't get a video package recapping it at some point. <laughs> Not for them, wasn't there? There was a lot of recapping, wasn't there? Uh, there was a lot. On night one, I didn't notice it as much because I, I say I had the, the NBA on at the same time. Night two, they recapped every video they put on the night before anyway, and they recapped every match. There was at one stage, I was like, I think it was 28 minutes between matches. Yeah, that is too long. That's, That's longer than Smallman used to go on for. Yeah. <laughs> Just... They got a two-minute New Day match in because Triple H had to come and walk around and have a chat. 
didn't even say anything. Did he? he didn't say anything, did he? Apart from thank you, I just blocked it out of my head and wasn't listening. Yeah, and then just did like a welcome to WrestleMania type vibes. Oh yeah, cool. Mm. Then we had <laughs> the Raw Tag Team Titles Triple Threat, which I thought was really fun. Love that. Yeah, be positive. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> really good fun. Um, there's not too much to really say about it other than three teams that have been wrestling each other for the last two months or so on Raw. So they've got really good chemistry all together. And yeah, like, I know that I kind of predicted that this could be the end of RK Bro in a WrestleMania moment. It didn't happen in the end. Rubbish. But um... Snakes in the AG thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The AR, sorry, the AR augmented reality thing with the little <laughs> bro hat on. <laughs> that cracked me up. I hadn't seen that before. <laughs> Um, and then we got the Gable versus Gable. Thoughts on that, James? Uh, yeah, I mean... Are you worried uh, about um, Gable losing his name? No, nah, no, that's... what. Well, he got it back, didn't he? Because he, he did lose it at one point. He got his name back. Yeah, but now there's a new Gable in town. Well, they can wrestle for the name Gable. I don't know. <laughs> um, no, I thought, I thought that might was fine. Like, they obviously seem quite big on this dude. He, he had two bloody showings. They... Steph came out to bring him out the night before, didn't he? Get those Ooh. McMahons in there. No, I, I, I thought it was, yeah, it was quite a good little fun fun segment with current members of the roster and made you wonder about where they were going with that, which... Yeah. Listen, not, they're not from it. Street Profits just accepting their defeat and like, oh, well, we lost at WrestleMania in a tag title match. We've been beating you up and debatably turning heel on you the last few weeks. But now that we've lost the match that mattered, Let's all just have a beer with Gabe Stevenson. Not for me. Well, can I give you a counterpoint to that, Conley? Because Dom did say something similar. Uh, every time I played varsity football at uni, and we lost more than we won, but, he, but we'd always go to the other team's bar and have a beer with them afterwards and get on the piss. So, you know, you just had your big match of the year. You know, you've given it your all. You weren't quite good enough. Let's have a beer. Let's enjoy it. Win or lose on the booze. <laughs> not for me. Not for me. <laughs> you, you've made a good point, but I'm still not having it. <laughs> I want the Street Profits to bring out merch that just says win or lose, we're on the booth. <laughs> I'd buy it. Uh, next up, we had the Hoss match that was Lashley and Omos. Oh, go on. Not a fan, James? No. Okay. No, it was... It, it, no. <laughs> Omos. I think the best tweet I saw was something like, how bad must Omos have been at basketball if he just come to this? <laughs> I actually thought that this was the best that Omos has looked. That's sad. <laughs> I thought like him throwing around Lashley was was like real fun. And I thought that he didn't look slow, I didn't think. I think he'd be up there with, uh, if it was him and Dominic Mysterio for the worst wrestlers I saw on WrestleMania. Ouch. And, that includes, and that includes Johnny Knoxville. <laughs> <laughs> Who we uh, saw next... In an Anything Goes match, which we are wrestling should be fun, and if wrestling should be fun booked a match, it probably would involve a massive mousetrap. <laughs> Sensational. I was a big fan of this. Like, there was a lot of elements. We knew Jackass would get involved. It's silly. It's throwaway fun. Little bit of light relief for after that Omos match. And to be honest, it was brilliant. That Michael Cole gave a reference to an Attitude Era superstar, and I lost my shit. Naked Midian 2.0 when Chris Pontius came out. I was like, <laughs> yes, this is why I watch wrestling and I want more Naked Midian references in my life. Sensational. 
I agree. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's just, it was brilliant. Yeah, wackiness. And then the, the other attitude near a star who turned up, the hand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Big hand. Turning heel on Sami Zayn. Zayn was incredible in this. I mean, what what a job. Yes, incredible. Fair play. Fantastic. Fair play to him. Can we have some yeah. um, love for the wee man body slap? Yeah. Oh, oh my yes. Lord. That was incredible. And um, in terms of the mousetrap, like... Obviously, it malfunctioned. Of course, Johnny Knoxville knew how to fix a malfunctioning mousetrap. <laughs> yeah. Of course he did. Like, <laughs> the perfect end. Also, a lot of love for Zane for selling that mousetrap at the end. Looking at it material-wise, I'm, no, I'm no, no carpenter, but come on, that looked flimsy at best. <laughs> he was just held down, like, by plastic sheet, like, plastic pipes, and he's like, oh, pretend he's trapped there. Brilliant. It just was everything you needed. A lovely tonic. Woke me up a little bit watching that. Truth be told. Yeah. I, say, I, I understand why some people wouldn't... Well, actually, I don't understand why some people wouldn't like it at all. I know you've got your purists. You know, yeah, and I, I like a pure striking mat. I like the blood sport. But that was just great fun. And I had the best time watching it. I laughed a lot. And at the end of the day, that's why we're here, isn't it? To laugh. Elsa <laughs> said something along the lines of, very sloppy, but the crowd loved it. And I was like, Elzer, it's Johnny Knoxville. What do you expect? <laughs> yeah. We're not here for a five-star match, Meltzer. We're here for Jackass, and we're here for Chris Pontius's inner thong. <laughs> <laughs> inner thong? Um, he was yeah, so little, a little fun stuff for you. Knoxville versus Zane was the second longest match of the night. Should have been longer. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I agree with you. How long did it go? About 19, 20 minutes? Uh, 14 minutes. Well, to be fair, it, it, it was the fifth longest thing of the night after three video packages and an Undertaker. <laughs> <laughs> Talking of um, Undertaker, Mitch, did you see when they unveiled the statue of the Undertaker, there was like the Godfather, Rikishi, his wife, people like that there. And on the left-hand <laughs> side, just poking his head out, Go naked Midian. <laughs> Double naked Midian reference at WrestleMania. Hello. All over that. Like, good look, Statue of the Undertaker. Even better, naked Midian's knocking about. Should have <laughs> get him back on. He was brilliant. Next up, we had a really fun match, I thought. Um, the women's tag team four-way. There were some spots in this I thought were brilliant. Did you guys spot the um, Zelina Vega... Moonsault into a reverse DDT on the outside yes. of Rhea Ripley. Wow. The timing on that. I also love the finish. Yeah, that was cool, wasn't it? Yeah. It, it was almost a, uh, what they call it now, a big rig, wasn't it? Yeah. Like, yeah. But it was sort of holding up the, uh, but Naomi was holding up the person rather than throwing them. So into this. Would that, would that be accurate? I said, I'm terrible at these. I'd say that's accurate. It was very CCK, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> And happy for Sasha Banks to finally get a WrestleMania win. She looked happy, didn't she? That was her seventh match at WrestleMania and her first win. That's interesting, though. I thought that they might have played on the Banks thing a little bit more, giving her a win, picking up the title, maybe next year or something. But so, I guess uh, it does mean that potentially Bailey's going to come back and be like, what's this? Who's this? I thought that we were tag team partners. Who knows? Yeah. And next up, we had probably the entrance of the night. Edge's entrance was pretty fantastic, right? Yeah, it's good. I like his new music. I like this whole new kind of Q 
character he's developed. Purple and dark leather. I'm all in for it. Sensational. <laughs> and the match itself was um, classic edge. Um, storytelling, slow-paced, endurance-based wrestling. Some pretty badass um, moves. That uh, suplex onto the hardest part of the ring was pretty horrendous, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Also, did you spot that AJ Styles cut himself on the entrance? Well, yeah, we thought we'd yeah. done a Goldberg and been like, head in the wall. Yeah, so he actually, like, he had to duck under a bar to, like, be on the entrance and he whacked his head. <laughs> so, yeah. I'd do after a couple of beers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a touching tribute to Goldberg, as you say. And then the finish came with Damien Priest hanging around, looking, like a, looking like a vampire, which means that, Matt, You've been saying this for, for years. Damien Priest is a vampire. Party vampire. I called it a long time ago and was absolutely vilified for that take. Uh, no <laughs> way is he a vampire. How is he a vampire? Prove he's a vampire. Well, we're one step closer to the unveiling of party vampire Damien Priest. <laughs> Do you think there's, there's going to be a bit of a stable happening now? I hope so. Well, one more name to throw in there, maybe? The new brood. From the raw roster that's not really being used, I'm really hoping that they use T-Bar. Use T-Bar. That would work. Or Mace. Yeah, yeah or Mace, yeah. He looks a bit vampire-y. Or both. Get them both in. Let's just add loads of dudes. <laughs> Get Gangrel back. Get him in. <laughs> Hanging and banging. Oh, right. Gangrel was wrestling somewhere this weekend at WrestleMania. He was on a card, so he is in shape. <laughs> Ooh, is he? <laughs> <laughs> We're not sure which shape, but he's in a shape. <laughs> Oblong. <laughs> Next up, we had the one minute 43 match between Ridge and Sheamus and the New Day, where it's confirmation that Pete Dunne as Butch is now Scrappy Doo. <laughs> this, this is like my probably one of my only negatives of the show, man. Poor Pete. I'm sure kids are going to love it, though, right? He committed. He's quite good at it, isn't he? he is, yeah, he, he has committed to it. Good at it. But it's got, it, was, it was at the point where I was thinking, Seamus, mate, this guy's more of a liability than a help. He nearly <laughs> got you disqualified twice. I don't know if it's worth having Butch around from Seamus' point of view. Get Luke in. <laughs> yeah, then we had... The Undertaker coming out again? Yeah, we had the, the Undertaker coming out. I really thought that he was going to say something after he said, never say never. I was like, here it comes. But no, nope, just a classic take of arm in the air. Please, just say never. <laughs> <laughs> then we had the match that probably, for me, had the best atmosphere of the whole night at WrestleMania. Largely thanks to Seven Nation Army, which went down an absolute storm. Take a bow, Pat. Like, how good was he against Austin Fury? Really good. I, I was surprised. But I think, you know what? He was just pumped up from night ones. He was, he was really good. He, he put in a good show. And um, yeah, it was just a bit weird. I didn't really like just, just them cutting to Vince McMahon all the time. Just this old, you know, old boy, wrinkly man there just hanging out. It was odd. It was strange apart from that. That was reminding me of the, the, the production camera cuts. Yeah. How many times, like during a pinfall, at least three times on the show, someone was like a one count and it cuts the crown. Yeah. Like, not even funny. That's the equivalent. I think I, I did put it on Twitter, but I don't anyone know what is doing it because I haven't got any followers. But it's an equivalent of like, say, like, 
Patrick Mahomes has just thrown a ball in the air towards like Travis Kelsey, and then when the ball's in the air, it cuts the crowd or like game-winning three pointers on the way in. I oh, will just cut the crowd. We're not going to see. What are you doing? This is, that's like you've been doing this for what's his name, Kevin Dunn? Is it still him? You've been doing it for thirty-five years, mate. That's pathetic. I'm furious with that. As someone who studied in the industry, I was not happy. I think they used the same director that ITV used for that Dan go against uh, Liverpool in, in <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like, what? I mean, just beggars belief. It baffles me. Yeah. Um, offline, Brum mentioned some of the, the negatives that he felt about the show, and that was one of them. But yeah, thoughts on the match, Matt? Sorry, but I loved I loved the Pat McAfee match. Yeah, it was great. But... Yeah, which which match, Ross? The first match or the second Ooh, yeah. match? Yeah, let's talk theory first. I know that um, way back when, when he was in uh, the Indies, I spotted Austin Fury as potential kind of future of wrestling kind of guy. And it seems like Mr. McMahon's got the same viewpoint, but he's not quite hit the heights yet, but he's on his way, isn't he? Like, like they're clearly high on Austin Fury. And I think yeah. that, this, that uh, this match put him at a bigger level than he has ever been. And he came out brilliantly in, the, in this match, I thought. In the same week that Austin Theory is, you know, well, in the same fortnight, I should say, that he's pinned the Intercontinental in the US champion, he loses to a commentator. I mean, if that's not a good trajectory, I don't know what is. Peaks and trough in this game. <laughs> I don't know if you're in a peak and two climbing out or a trough and two falling down. <laughs> Could roll a three. <laughs> um, <laughs> how about that um, spot where he did the backflip, landed on his feet, and then jumped up, did like the Shelton Benjamin jump up onto the top rope to the. Yeah. That was unbelievable, wasn't it? It was fantastic. And you've already touched on it. The Seven Nation Army tune really helped that match fly through. The crowd got onto that. I don't know if that was the British crowd. I don't know if it's as popular that sort of chanting in America to the Seven I think Nation it's Army. It's the Dallas. Oh, okay. Well, then Cowboys. <laughs> I think, yeah. Yeah, that really helped carry the match through for atmosphere, like you say. Like a great choice. And then we had Mr. McMahon not only take his jacket off and reveal the old black vest that he wore back in the day with winning the Royal Rumble, he then went and had a bloody match at WrestleMania. We're in 2022 and we saw Vince McMahon and a Stone Cold match. Unbelievable. This match was a bit weird, wasn't it? But Mr. McMahon, I know that he's, what is he, 70 odd, but he still knows how to make a crowd feel something. And he was having the time of his life in there, wasn't he? Yeah, like obviously very indulgent by Vinnie Man. <laughs> you'd expect. I just thought, fair play to Pat. He absolutely sold the living daylights of those like throws into the turnbuckle, didn't he? Yeah. That was sensational. He's getting tossed around by a 70 year old man and it was like mental. So fair play for Pat. Like Pat really earned his stripes. And then obviously the, the bits that come on afterwards, even more so. It was just, it was insane. Yeah, it was just. McMahon, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how that part got in. Do you, do you reckon McMahon was just like, I just need one more shot, damn it, one more shot, or something like that? Like, <laughs> what do you think he was yeah. thinking there? I don't know. Like I, like, I feel like he just felt like he obviously wanted to get the stunner again for one last time. And judging by the look of it, he probably shouldn't have done. No. <laughs> yeah. What a stunner. No, that's an all time great stunner now. But that's like, up there with Linda taking it. Like, just what happened? I don't His body crumpled. Awful. It yeah. just crumbled, didn't it? His leg, like, Austin hits him. He goes into the ropes, bounce off. And then when he takes a stunner, his leg, one of his legs goes at, like, a really bad angle. Like, you think, like, oh, no, he's probably done his hip here. What's happened here? Like, it was awful. And then his reaction when he, like, they cut to him afterwards and he's just absolutely knocked out. Fair play to him. <laughs> I put a, um, a, a Twitter poll up 
on Twitter that I'm going to ask you three now. Who do you think took the best stunner this weekend? Was it Owens? Was it Theory? Was it McMahon? Was it Saxton? I'll go, right? It would have been it would have been Theory, but he did the second jump, <laughs> which kind of it was kind of Shawn Michaels Hogan, I thought, when he did the overhead kick. And Saxton's was probably the best, but the one I'll remember is the Vince one. Yeah. And WrestleMania is all about moments, not quality. <laughs> the, 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 what I'd say is the McAfee Vince McMahon match was, as you said, McAfee was trying to make him look a million dollars, which was hard because the bloke was literally, I fancy, I fancy I could take Vince McMahon at this stage. Honestly, <laughs> honestly do. I know he used to be some kind of big, big shot. But, and McAfee was trying to make him look good. But when you've announced this guy as like the future champion, and then he loses to Pat McAfee, and then Vince McMahon beats him in like three minutes. And it wasn't like he had like a 35-minute match in Austin Theory and was knackered. Yeah, yeah. It was like eight minutes or something. Why don't we just have Vince McMahon beat Pat McAfee with Austin Theory's help or like a handicap match or something? Because the only person coming out of that as a wrestler of that whole segment is the one who looks the least credible. Yeah. I just think that he wanted that moment where he, you know, takes the vest off and and the, and the people are like, it's actually happening. We're going to see a, a Vince McMahon match. Yeah, I don't, I don't mind that part of it. That's all fun. I enjoyed it. But it's just like going forward, the only person who's going to wrestle is the one who looks like the biggest chump. Yeah. And you've, and you've sort of crowned him as your chosen one. It, it's not as baffling as to cut into a crowd after a one count. But I do still. take the point, but I did make the point last night with Dom that at this moment in time, even though he's being touted as the next big thing, he's not there yet. And he is a bit of a chump. Like, he is a bit of a chump here, isn't he, Austin Fury? Like, he can suffer losses and it's not going to hurt him too much of a similar fashion to the Miz. If anything, the match afterwards takes away the fact that he lost because no one's going to remember it. True. Yeah, fair enough, right. And then last but not least, we had the biggest WrestleMania match of all time. Winner takes all, Roman versus Brock. We spoke about it at length in last week's pod that we all kind of congratulated WWE on the way that they got to this situation with the long-term booking. Did it do anything for you in terms of the main event? Yeah, I mean, for me, as a main event, it delivered. I think Cowboy Brock is brilliant. How, how that, that Metallica promo video was sensational, by the way. Yeah. That was good. That gave me serious uh, Limp Biscuit vibes. <laughs> in a good way. So, so yeah, I, it, it did feel like, I mean, Michael Cole said it so much on commentary. It's a big fight feel, but it did feel, you know, WWE for the years of booking WrestleMania, the, those final matches are guilty of sometimes not building it up enough. And I think that the storytelling that came into this match and obviously how it did go down at the end, it was some pretty good storytelling from the guys there. I don't know what the other guys think, but I, I thought it was a it was a well told story. I would say as well that Brock's protected in that loss, isn't he? Like Roman had to shit out it, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I didn't have any um, massive hot takes about it, but I thought it delivered on on what it was meant to. Like uh, it didn't go long. Like it didn't feel plodding. It felt urgent. Uh, it felt like a big fight. And Roman Reigns is like just an absolute star, isn't he? Like the big the best one they've created in a long time and just putting the sealer on it with that win. Just, yeah. And and cold take, but Brock Lesnar is an elite salesman. I mean, the way he was selling that, that rib stomach injury was, was fantastic. And he always manages to do it in every match. But yeah, cracking. You know what? When they were creating Roman Reigns as a star, 
uh, he didn't do on his uh, way up the ladder lose to a commentator. <laughs> but he did lose to Shane McMahon, who was yeah. a commentator on Heat. So there's your... <laughs> <laughs> My three takes on it are, one, I think Brock's now going to go away for a bit. I feel like that's the end of that story and he needs to kind of go away for a bit in classic Brock fashion until it's exciting again. Two, I love that um, final um, shot of Roman Reigns with the two belts in front of the camera and him peeking over the top of them. Um, I don't know if you saw WWE tweeted that, like that image with God mode activated. That was pretty cool. And three, I'm a little bit worried about Roman Reigns' arm. If rumours are to believed, people are saying that that's a pretty serious bicep injury. People were pointing out this, what looks like uh, fluid in his arm. John Cena apparently had a similar injury and was out for like three to four months. If that's the case, and Brock's gone as well, they've put themselves into a bit of a situation, haven't they? Well, I actually spoke to Tony Khan about this, and he said that what they should do is have an interim champion. <laughs> um, <laughs> Very good. Um, I mean, in all seriousness, though, like they when Brock was champion the first time round in like this newer era, um, he would go away for like four months without defending it, right? So yeah. Roman could just do that, and then they fill the gap with their mid-card titles or some top-end feuds or even bring in a secondary title for one of the shows. So I think even if the injury is as serious as you just said, they should be able to book around it and keep Roman on top. If it's any more serious than that, like if it's a six to eight month up, then yeah, they might be in a real hole. I just mean in terms of like, I don't know this for certain at all, it's just me thinking out loud. It seems like they're going to move to one belt now, right? And potentially they're going to have Roman on both shows to try and milk that cash cow because it seems like whenever Roman's on, on a show, ratings hike. If he's not around for a bit and Brock's not around, it's just a bit... Job they put thing. over loads of other people to challenge his credible top stars this week, didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> so that was literally my takeaway from the show. I bloody loved it. I had such a good time watching it. But And then I came out of it thinking, there's not really anyone I want to see who's going to be there on Monday. If you look at the lads who won on the show, I mean, you've got Logan Paul, Johnny Knoxville, Pat McAfee, Vince McMahon. I mean, there's four guys there that can go straight into the title picture off the back of big wins. <laughs> um, I say, because I was asked, I was asked, me and Dom had a brief discussion this morning. Who do you see as the challenges for Roman coming out of it? Drew. That was the one we came with, Drew, or Cody. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say Cody probably at some point. The biggest match they could book would be literally be Logan Paul versus Pat McAfee based on Krabby, actually. <laughs> I'm not even joking. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah, because it's just, yeah, you, I, I, I say, like, they definitely delivered on the WrestleMania moments and as a show, but you have got 11 months more of the year. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. And it, it didn't yeah. make me want to watch until, like, the Royal Rumble. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> For me, and like the title picture, like I, I found it a bit strange. Obviously, kind of, I, I thought Roman would win. But for me, I thought there might have been a build-up for the next WrestleMania. Like, you know, there was chat that like The Rock might turn up or something like that. So when it would like, it just cut to them like celebrating fireworks everywhere. And it was just him holding the belts. Like it was just a bit, I kind of left me with a bit disappointed, really. I thought that, you know, they might try and build for the WrestleMania in Hollywood and, and and do something with The Rock. Like, I know that there was kind of chat about that potentially. Yeah. My only issue with doing it, if they would have done it like that, it's like cementing in a title match for next WrestleMania means that there's no jeopardy for Roman really for the next year. I know there's not really anyway because nobody can beat him, but it just kind of takes away any title match that that will be in. 
Mm. I hate the lack of symmetry at the moment. There's now one men's title, but two men's tag titles. And there's two women's titles, but one women's tag title. I hate that. Let's just break down all the divisions now. One women's champion and one men's tag champion. Sounds like management talk. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I hate that. (laughs) So that's our WrestleMania review. Quick go on a book of bingo, lads. Go on then. Yeah. Go on then. Listen to the enthusiasm behind that. The worst book of bingo player of all time is in the house. So. <laughs> B-I-N-G-O and bingo was his name-o. Okay. You might have to explain the rules to me, Ross. I'm a complete newbie. Okay, so it's simple as this, mate. You've got two wrestlers that come out of a, a spreadsheet that we've got. Right. And you've just got to book them in a feud. All right, good, yeah, easy. Logan Paul and Pat McAfee. <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay, it's an interesting one. We've got WCW and WWE's own Chuck Palumbo against David Arquette. Ooh. <laughs> good. As Mitch hasn't ever played previously, he can go last. Right. And as James is the best at it, we'll let James go first. Oh, God. <laughs> um, <laughs> Chuck Palumbo and David Arquette. Do you want me to go quickly and give you a bit of time? I've got a quick one I can just bang out. God damn it! Who the hell drilled my box? So we're just done with phrasing, right? That's not a thing anymore? Yeah, but these usually end up being loads better than anything I'm quite with. <laughs> <laughs> Go on then, come man. Hit us. I'm going for a quick one. <laughs> Freezing. Gives James a bit of time, and I, I I don't always go first, so I'll go first. So I'm setting mine in the world of NXT 2.0. <laughs> David Arquette has made enough money off that first documentary that he did. He wants to make another documentary, and he wants to start at inverted commas the bottom and go to NXT 2.0 and work his way into the WWE. So he signs up for NXT 2.0 and uh, he's scouting out all the new talent and he's having matches. Uh, meanwhile, on the other side, in the actual promotion, Tony D'Angelo is flying. He uh, He's winning all these matches. As you said, he's put Dunn out, he's put Champer out, but he's thinking that the stable needs a new member. And of course, he turns to one of the full-blooded Italians to help him in his full-blooded Italian stable. It's Chuck Palumbo. He was FBI, right? Let me make sure I've got that bit right. Chuck Palumbo was in that for a minute. I'm pretty sure he was. And if with he wasn't, Nunzio. let's just say he was. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure he was with Nunzio and uh, in, yeah, the, in, yeah, in the, the SmackDown years. Yeah, the SmackDown one, not the East Derby one yet. Yeah, uh, yeah. So Palumbo comes in, he's, he's a full in I think he was, right? He's got to be for this to work. It was Nunzio, <laughs> the Ball, Stamboli and... Someone else. Chuck Palumbo. Was he? On SmackDown? He might have said WCW might have been, but I swear he wasn't in the SmackDown one. Uh, You'll confirm it. He was. He was in it. He was in it. What? He was. Fair play. So basically, D'Angelo's gone to the playbook. He's gone, I'm bringing him in. I'm bringing him in. So they're both on their own trajectory. Arquette's beating people and, and, and earning his stripes. On the other side, Palumbo has become this heavy for D'Angelo and he's ripping through the roster. 
Um, and then horror, an injury to Dolph Ziggler means that NXT 2.0 have to crown an interim champion. <laughs> no! <laughs> and the interim championship match is going to be between two men that are on a streak. It's going to be between Arquette and Palumbo. D'Angelo's fuming because he's brought Palumbo in and Palumbo's gazumped him in the pecking order. Um, and then Arquette and Palumbo battle for the future of NXT as NXT 2.0 tries to create new stars like these two. And who's going over? Uh, we'll go with Arquette. We'll go feel good. Yeah. Tony D with the pipe. Yeah, Tony D turning on Palumbo to set that up as a, <laughs> as a story for the next couple of months. I'll tell you what. JCH was right. It was pretty good, wasn't it? <laughs> Always is, mate. Always is. JCH, um, has that handed you enough time to come up with something? So, they're on the... Uh, David Arquette's filming the new screen. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> I, I watched on a plane. Uh, <laughs> I've never seen the original screen. You know? so I've seen the TV show screen, which is good. Um, <laughs> so, he's on this... Uh, why he's not What's that really? so come on James so David Arquette's filming his it's come out of a cinema and um Billy and Chuck go to the cinema to watch it <laughs> double date sure as a, as a date night it's like uh Colton and Austin are there hanging around <laughs> they're taking them to the cinema to watch a, to watch a film uh, and they're like oh that David Arquette he's good isn't he Billy and Chuck are like right he's nothing on us boys uh, and it ends up um, somewhere along the line that B uh, Colton and Austin start hitting him up on Twitter, hitting up David Arquette, and it starts to get a bit of Twitter beef between David Arquette and uh, Billy Gunn. Because uh, the rest of the world don't know that Billy and Chuck are back together at this point. It hasn't <laughs> been seen Ends up, um, David Arquette comes to AEW. Billy Gunn challenges David Arquette to sort of show his kids that he's just some wannabe wrestler he's not you know you should look up to me not him and um during the match the gun boys the ass boys whatever they're known as the gun club turn on billy and side with david arquette so this obviously leads to a big feud probably main event in like revolution or all out whatever's next i think because it's that big um but obviously billy gun needs a tag team partner to help him out or two tag team partners to help him out in a six-man. So and we'll throw the new six-man belts on. Let's say the Gun Club and Dave Arquette win the six-man belts uh, off Omega and the Bucks because they're superior. And then Billy comes back. He brings his team. It's Billy Gunn, Chuck and Rico against the <laughs> Ass Boys and David Arquette for the... Uh, AEW six-man titles, the first six-man title match to headline an AEW pay-per-view. I'm pleased that Rico made an appearance. That's a bonus point. <laughs> that would have scored minus three. <laughs> <laughs> Cracking stuff, James. I like that a lot. And the fact that it um, happened on a date means that it was also booked on NXT 2.0, right? That's, <laughs> that's yeah. air jam. <laughs> Mitchy. Oof, well, I had two very good examples, so mine's probably going to be disappointing. Phrasing, boom! So, I'm thinking Arquette, correct me if I'm wrong, he grabbed the WCW title belt back in the day, didn't he? He did. With the booking of a Mr. Vince Russo? Correct. Correct? 
Eric Bischoff was on the scene as well. I believe he was, yeah, yeah. He was yeah, he didn't like it. I've I've heard I've heard eighty three weeks. He didn't like it one bit. <laughs> anyway, what like kind of um, hmm, AEW likes nostalgia, doesn't it? Yeah, goes that nostalgia vibe. So Arquette comes to AEW and he wants another shot of the gold. He wants he wants to get back to the top of the mountain because of his documentaries and stuff, you know. Anyway, he becomes like a stooge for um, Tony Khan. So him and Khan are in business and like he's getting all these opportunities over everyone else. Khan's kind of turning into this kind of pseudo Mr. McMahon ca- character because he like, you know, Tony Khan's just basically copied the Attitude Era. So like he does that and then, and then, and then they're like all of a sudden like Arquette's just running through everyone, like improbable finishes, shenanigans ahoy. Yeah. Vince Russo pops up on the scene. And he's like, look, I made you a champion and I can kick you out of AEW. All of a sudden, Vince Russo is in AEW, which makes (laughs) (laughs) because because like AEW just wants anyone from the Attitude Era ever. So... There's like this square off between Tony Khan and uh, and Arquette and and Vince and Vince Russo and Russo's on the mic and he's he's dressed up like remember when he was dressed up in that like hockey gear yeah yeah he's in that hockey gear looking good and he said hey I've called for one of my boys from WCW oh my god oh it's Chuck Palumbo he comes up on the scene smashes <laughs> everyone uh, big. Big, big win for um, Russo and Palumbo. And um, Arquette leaves in shame. Uh, and then Scream comes out and slashes him. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. <laughs> so it turns into a real life drama. And then he gets on another documentary on Vice. <laughs> yes. Yes, he does. <laughs> I think that was three good examples for a match that didn't offer too much. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was a little bit sad that no one um, entered motorcycle era Chuck Palumbo, but I'll let it go. I actually think I'm going to give it to the return to form for Conman. Oh, Conman, I think you smashed that. Oh, well, thank you. I, I think anyone could have won that. I actually think the other lads smashed it a bit more, but I'll take the win. <laughs> take the win, lad. Back to back wins, Conman. Yeah, the streak. <laughs> <laughs> In 25 years' time, you'll come out and just do waving. <laughs> <laughs> said, what else you got for us? No, I just said, come out. <laughs> what, what, else really? got, what else you do? What else you got in the pipeline, Undertaker? Well, I've got my walks for Mencap. Blue <laughs> <laughs> Lives Matter, which I love. <laughs> just feeling hot, 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 blaring out. <laughs> oh, that's Kane. <laughs> that's Kane. That's brilliant. <laughs> Very good. Right, so before it <laughs> uh, falls into utter madness, well done once again, Conman. Mitch, um, as the newbie, did you want anything to plug on the podcast? Uh, what am I going to plug? Uh, oh, uh, Barbie on Twitter. Uh, yeah, I'm on Twitter at, at Mitchos. Um, I tweet mainly about Qatari football, bit of wrestling now and again. Um, I'm going on my stag do next week. Don't know what's happening about that. You're involved with that, Ross. So, yeah, yeah good. Uh, and then, yeah, that is me getting married soon as well. Very excited about that. Uh, going to Costa Rica 
and, and a great time. So, yeah, thanks. I think uh, that's the first person who's ever plugged their own stag do. <laughs> if you do want to come along guys just let ross know <laughs> see you there um we can talk about more about naked medium <laughs> well thanks for coming on mitch welcome back anytime jch thanks for coming on how, how did you find it sober oh, it's good i i yeah i think it's not any i don't feel i was any better or worse to be honest which <laughs> i mean maybe i, I was better we'll, we'll let the listeners decide you can put up a poll after the episode goes out I think the uh, Book of Bingo was better. Well, the Book of Bingo was definitely better, yeah. <laughs> After the blue pants fiasco. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Coman, well done on the win. Thanks for coming on. Good man. And hopefully you'll get well soon. And don't forget, wrestling should be fun, fans, to look after your mates and drink lots of water or the other way around. <laughs> Bye. Wrestling should be fun, should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. Wrestling should be fun, should be fun. Wrestling should be fun.